0: Welcome to the North Hills Church podcast, where we take a deeper dive into unique content created just for you. I'm Ryan Ferguson, one of the pastors at North Hills Church, and I am excited that we are in week three of this special follow up to our sermon series, this series of podcasts where we're going a little bit deeper into being serpents and doves. And if you've not been able to join us, what we mean by that is Jesus gave these words to his disciples. I'm sending you out a sheep among wolves. And I want you to be as harmless as doves and wise as serpents. And we're taking that image that Jesus gave, that image of how we are supposed to navigate life, how we're supposed to be wise and be both shrewd and kind at the same time. How do we exercise that wisdom in this particular cultural moment in Greenville, South Carolina with all that's going on and all that's going on in our country. Uh, so we tackled wisdom week one, uh, week two, we uh, talked about uh, response to COVID-19 as the church, and this week we're going to jump into the topics, plural, of politics and social media. So I'm excited to have several guests with me today. We're gonna to take a moment to get to know them just a little bit. Uh, to my left is Lacey Cagley. Hey, Lacey. Hi. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. How long have you been around North Hills?
1: About 13 years.
0: Uh, what do you do?
1: I raise kids and I write um, for a blog, so every day, and then Traveler's Rest here, um, a social media format for the town of TR. Awesome. Yeah.
0: I live in Traveler's Rest, very thankful it's a great for that. Place. How many kids?
1: I have six. Awesome.
0: Yeah. We were just talking a little bit before about raising teenagers, and so we're both in that same sphere of life. Yeah. Uh, To even further left is uh, Justin Pidcock. Hello, hello. Justin, let everybody know what it is that you do around here. Justin actually works for the church.
2: Yeah, so I am the communications director here at North Hills, um, and I handle all the need-to-know stuff and just trying to help make sure that people know what to do, where to go, and how to find information.
0: So for all of that, you can blame Justin, if you oh, yes. don't know. <laughs>
2: um, Justin, how long have you been around North Hills? Uh, about the same as Lacey, about 13 years. Uh, a little bit about your family? So I've got two boys, uh, and they are wonderful. I've got a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So awesome. They, they teach me lots, lots of things.
0: That's great. And Morgan?
2: Yes, yes, my wife, Morgan, um, and she is very busy uh, helping them grow and learn lots of things as well so
0: and then even to my farthest left is um Mr. Matt Nesberg i threw in a mister there just to be thank kind thank you thank you appreciate that <laughs> the respect res- the respect yes yeah. so matt um tell us a little bit about yourself how long you've been around north hills
3: uh, about 21 years 22 years
0: yep and what do you uh, get to do matt is also on staff and so i
3: serve as uh, one of the pastors here the pastor of counseling here i'm married to katie we have three kids i'm a serpent she's a dove So that works out well. (laughs) Yeah, we were thinking about that Sunday. And um, our kids are 14, 12, and 10. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Um, So uh, it's kind of uh, fun for me on this end as we approach, again, this topic of politics and social media that we just engage in a conversation with people from different walks of life who do different things. But coming back to trying to centralize it on this theme that Peter brought out of uh, James this past week, Um, that wisdom is both doing the right thing. James says, uh, let let wisdom be evidenced by your good works, but let those good works be done in the right way. So it's the right truth, the right thing, but it's done in the right way. And the way James says that is in the meekness of wisdom. So we're going to kind of take that idea, do the right thing, do the true thing, in the right way and kind of ask kind of a big question about politics and just see what happens to the conversation. So my my question is, with wisdom on our minds, navigating life, right way, right truth, serpent dove, what does heavenly wisdom say about Republicans and Democrats being in the same church? Or to add another label, since we love labels for everything, what, what do you do with a progressive and a conservative in the same church? And I'm not asking you to declare what you are on that spectrum. As much as it is, what does wisdom say about that? What's your perspective on it? So what, what are your thoughts?
1: Who wants to jump in? Oh, I can go first. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> no, I think one of the big things that jumped out to me uh, was actually from the service this last Sunday, in that uh, it's, it's about assuming the best in someone and it's really easy to do that with people that you know well Um, so like i know some people well that i work with that we're going to disagree on things politically but i know that they have a really good heart they love people and they're trying to really improve it if that makes sense so i think that's it's easy to do with them but on social media or Wherever, a lot of times, if we don't know the person, it's a lot harder for me to just kind of establish that trust and, and come to it with a good assumption.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think the, the the word that comes to me a lot is just relationship. You know, I think just like you said, if you know someone, you're much more likely to be willing to give them, you know, um, a little grace or whatever it is. And so I think having that relationship with a lot of people that maybe aren't just like you would go a long way Um, and then also giving people the benefit of the doubt until you acquire that relationship or maybe even if you have someone whose views feel very different from yours actually taking the time to develop a relationship with them to actually get to know them and see beyond just the quick labels or the way that you think that they are.
0: That's great. So I'll I'll just kind of reiterate and sure like assuming the best of someone who might differ whether I know them or just in general and then this idea of, of relationship, I think that, that's a, a great word that we have that with some people and we have, we choose to have relationship with people that we do disagree with. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, I think for me that was really impactful. There's a choice being made there. Not only do I put up with you or or roll my eyes at your ideas. No, I, I actually want to engage you and have a relationship that might supersede our differences. Matt, you have any, any thoughts on, on this
3: one? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say the, you know, Peter cited the David French, uh, article where he, he kind of showed how Republicans and Democrats view each other in the extreme, um, that we think we have a tendency to think the worst, the exact opposite. First Corinthians 13, um, says for, for those who are in Christ, it's, our calling is to think the best, to believe that what is good about them. And so the, the, the move of the culture is not christian in this way the move of the culture is exactly against what the clear teaching of scripture is which is the culture wants us to think the worst to villainize mm. to talk about how they they hate american what whichever side it is the other side hates america worse than you know uh, or whatever else and instead of from the christian perspective realizing that there are christians on uh, left or right of center and the bible tells us clearly how to view those people with humility and grace and and love towards them believing the best
0: mm-hmm. uh, so a couple of things uh, for those of you who may not have seen the sermon yet that there is a striking illustration that peter gives at the beginning that uh, it would be available on our website it would come up as a graphic where re- the republicans and democrats were asked to identify what they thought about the other party positively and negatively and it was astounding like of Republicans think Democrats are brainwashed. And the exact same thing is true on the other side of the aisle, so to speak. Um, So if you check out our sermon, look for that moment early in Peter's introduction. It'll help you frame um, Matt's comment. I'd like to go into one thing you said, um, Matt, where uh, people will say what other people believe. Like, wisdom doesn't say what someone else believes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't villainize them. So you use the the, the illustration of well they hate America and then you, you were you were going to keep saying other things and you stopped or you hate America or you and then you stopped. I think that's I don't think wisdom does that. I don't think wisdom villainizes someone else, even when we strongly disagree. Or even when we strongly disagree on a, on a true moral thing, we, we still don't go to that realm of you're, you, hate you, this, that attitude. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to kind of highlight that one little moment of what you said of how powerful that is. If I hear myself villainizing somebody, I am probably not operating in wisdom.
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Is that fair mm-hmm. out of that one point you were talking about?
3: I think so. Yeah, I think so. Any other thoughts
0: there at all, anyone? Um, so what about, um, and, and maybe we could come up with some off the top of our head, what do we do? So we're gonna, we're gonna now take what you guys just said and, and we would believe those two people, however they identify themselves on a spectrum of Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, could be in the same body, and, and are in the same body here, quite frankly, what do we do with different political opinions on solving cultural issues so it might be that we want to test case a cultural issue or raise a cultural issue we could do that like I'm going to come at it from this direction I'm going to come at it from this direction again we're both Christians what what would wisdom have us do in one of those moments does that make sense
1: I think it makes sense and I think it'd be fun to maybe pick one but I also think the first thing I think wisdom does that as parents we forget, I know as a mom of six kids I forget all the time, is I think we, we close our mouths, we listen, and I think we don't do that first. I think it's why we shoot off text in a hurry, and we shoot off comments in a hurry, and we, as a friend or, or not a friend, is, is commenting their opinion, we're already ready with ours. Like, we've got, like, that one ready instead of just being like, let's wait for a minute, you know, and I'll just listen to what you're saying. Um, and I'd I'd rather be known as that person. I'm probably not always known as that person who just listens well. But I think that's that first mark of of loving Jesus in that situation is just stop and listen. Just listen.
2: I like to call it uh, intense curiosity. Uh, huh. It's like talk a, more about that. Just it's exactly what you're talking about, Lacey. And and um, this it's instead of being so quick to speak into something um, to share your your thoughts on it and you just want to keep talking and convince the other person or whatever um, it's a it's a genuine and intense curiosity that all you care about is understanding what they're trying to say mm-hmm. like let me hear what you're saying repeat it back to you in a different language like have a real conversation um, and it should be obvious to that person that I don't I don't really care about what you think my point of view is i first i just want to know what you have to say uh, and understand your perspective so
0: wisdom listens wisdom is curious i i would add to yours that that wisdom does that if it's sincere like it's not it's not asking a, a friend of mine years ago used this phrase and it i've used it a ton it's not an intellectually dishonest question meaning I'm not asking this question to get you to say something so that I can then pounce. Right. right, Intense wisdom curiosity is I really do want to hear from you. I value you as a person first, as an image bearer, as potentially another member in my body, so therefore I'm curious about what you have to say. So I would just add the f- sincerity to intense curiosity.
2: Where, sorry, one more thing on that. Yeah. Where, where I've practiced that before, uh, I've actually learned... And, and realized, oh, like, you have a really good point there. And sometimes I'll actually, like, come over to their side on the issue because their argument was so crystal clear. Um, but on the, if you don't go into it with that mentality, you, you're not open to those things. You were going to say something, Matt,
3: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, Jesus, Jesus Christ was the personification of wisdom. Um, the Proverbs, the way it describes wisdom, is what is how Jesus lived. And so Paul helps us out a little bit in Philippians 2. Um, if Jesus is the personification of wisdom and we're going for wisdom, Paul says in Philippians 2 at the beginning, He says, have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So he connects it to Jesus. And what does he say? He says, uh, his command is to consider others more important than yourselves. Mm -hmm. How would that change our conversations as Christians? If you look on the other side of center politically, if I'm on right of center and I'm looking at left of center, and my default is consider them more important than myself. (laughs) What would that change? I mean, to me that if if we if we look at that as wisdom if my thinking is as this person's talking i'm not preparing my defense and i can't wait till they, they take a breath and so i can go oh yeah but <laughs> but rather i'm going i i need to consider this person more important than what i just know is right or the right perspective i i don't mean right morally i mean the correct perspective and, and so I can listen, as, as, as Lacey said and as Justin said, too, without that posture of defensiveness. But one of that says, I'm going to consider you more important than me.
1: It would change everything. It would change. I mean, I want to go get that tattooed. I want to remind myself of that one. Yeah. (laughs)
3: It's so hard, though. It's so hard to do. It's so hard.
1: And I think sometimes what it means is when you're listening, you're actively listening, you're curious, and you're considering them. I think what it might mean is when you're done with that conversation and it's your turn to talk, you actually don't have anything to say. Maybe you just Mm. don't get in a comment that time, you know, which for some of us is real hard, but maybe that's the thing. Like, you're like, well, I, I heard that. And I don't have something back for that right now. And maybe that would also be such a gift to that person who feels like they're about to be attacked by you. And instead they're like, oh, they're going to think about what I said. You know, to feel heard, like you're talking about, would be huge, I think.
2: You establish a lot of trust in that relationship when you do that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, And that's the person that's going to come back to you and want to talk more. Uh, And it's crazy how much that can really improve a relationship.
0: there's an interesting piece i I just got to sit and listen to all of that And, and if you have reflections on this i'd love to hear it but my observation about everything you just said is that for us to exercise wisdom on both of these questions we just dealt with you actually have to do preparatory work on your own like you actually have to have taken time to i'm going to listen I'm going to be curious. I'm going to think of them as more important than my own. Like in very practical, mundane, pre-conversation, I'm telling and teaching and discipling myself, hey, when I meet with someone like that, this is what I'm gonna do. Because I don't know, I think each of you might have used some word like default. I don't know that our default, especially those of us who love to debate, I'll throw myself in there, my default is not to do these things I've got very other fleshly defaults but it's almost like wisdom says you have to prep first so I would offer that as a a, a, an additional insight wisdom in solving cultural issues when we differ is doing prep work coming in to be ready Um, and then Justin I did want to comment on one thing you said you changed Uh, you have to be humble Hmm. Yeah. I'll listen to you you know Anyway, any other thoughts? Uh, you might have had other thoughts coming into this when we invited you in on kind of wisdom, politics, serpents and doves. A- anything you, you want to say on that
3: topic? I was just going to say with what you just said that the, the Paul, Paul I think it's Paul Tripp that uses the idea of an inner defense attorney, an inner lawyer that we all have that wants to just rise up. And and we don't even have to cue them up. Like when we feel like somebody's attacking or or. or that we need to make our case. He just, he just, he's ready to go. He's ready to stand up and argue for it. And and it it takes it takes some work to to take that lawyer off retainer and <laughs> uh, and, and, and and pursue humility, like you said.
0: Any other thoughts on, on politics? We're gonna transition to social media for a little bit. But I, if you brought something in or had a another thought, I mean, there's a, lots of ways we could go on this. Justin, anything?
2: Oh, you could tell I like I had something, but I didn't know if I wanted to say <laughs> yeah. it. Um, no, I just I think one word that maybe didn't come up while we were talking about it um, for me it would be self awareness. Uh, so it is hard, like what you were describing. It, it is hard when you're in the moment and your your uh, like you said lawyer wants to come out and like defend, but you have to have a self awareness of. This is a moment where I might lash out, and I need to work really hard not to do that. I mean, it, it's just like with my relationship with my wife Morgan, I have to work hard at that, because my default, like what you said, is, I'm going to defend myself, I'm going to try to make myself look better, uh, worry about what she thinks of me or what other people think. So
0: aware of your own weaknesses mm-hmm. in these moments. I, 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 this came from a conversation that Justin and I had. I would just offer, too, on this political realm and wisdom, I think a context in where where you have to exercise this, too, is family. Mm-hmm. We've kind of put it in, in church world mostly, and, and that's valid, and hopefully that applies to many families, too. But I, I imagine exercising wisdom within family and politics um, is another interesting area. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't know if this is exactly a thought on that, but I think it goes along with it. And you mentioned, as you were listening to us, how, you know, you were talking about we have to do the work beforehand. Like, we have to think beforehand. And I think any topic we talk about today, of course, it's politics and social media. You know, whatever work we've done beforehand is what's going to come out. My mom had printed in the front of her Bible, I think it was a quote from... I don't know, maybe Corey, Tim, I can't remember, but something like a cup full of sweetness, brim full of sweetness can only spill out sweetness. And I think we've all heard the analogy of like, you know, a tea bag and boiling water, whatever is already in you is going to come out. So if you're living a whole life that is antagonistic and, um, you know, ready to fight or whatever, when you're in these discussions, that's what's going to come. Mm-hmm. And so I think probably a key overarching over all these conversations is the work we're all doing individually in our own lives and hearts is always going to come out in our mm. conversations and the way we parent the way we talk to that person on Facebook the way we have a quick conversation in the store how quickly we flare up in anger at the person in front of us who's taking too long so I think like most things that all this work begins at home in your heart you know that is that's the start of it all
0: well put well put so let's transition a little bit here and, uh, talk uh, again, same, same, uh, main idea, right thing, a right way, good works, uh, within meekness of wisdom and, and social media, um, and, and really start big. Like what are, what are compelling reasons for a follower of Jesus to be part of social media?
1: Such a good question.
0: Yeah. Start big. <laughs>
2: I think the first big thing that pops in my mind is it is a it is a powerful platform. Um, it gives certain power to an individual that maybe they didn't have pre-social media. Just just the platform to speak to so many people, mm-hmm. um, and with that there comes responsibility and, and power. So I think when that can be used in a good way, um, that can have a great impact on. Uh, fellow Christians, not, but not just them, but also unbelievers, um, we get to live life to a certain degree in front of people on social media based on how we interact with one another. Hmm. Uh, and that can be really powerful. It can also be really destructive. So obviously, I think that's uh, a lot of us like to jump to the destructive side of it because that seems to be winning. <laughs> a lot, oftentimes, yeah. that seems to be the more obvious thing. Um, but I think it can be used in a powerful way for good as well. Okay. Potential power.
3: I think it's, it's like anything else in culture. There are things that we have in culture that we as Christians can either accept, reject or redeem. And there are certainly things that we have to, that we have to reject sin, of course, outright. And there are things that are just, that have no more value that we can accept. There are things that, can be used for evil purposes that we can redeem and use for God honoring purposes. And that certainly is redeemable. It's one of those things that, that Christians can choose to fall into true worldliness, pursuing the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and pride and possessions through social media or they can be redeemed away from those things for a multitude of good reasons that would honor the Lord. And so it's, it really, to me is like anything else. Christians can either fall into that pattern of worldliness or redeem it for Christ.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I love that idea. The, the hope of redeeming it, the idea that like you guys are both saying of kind of being a light and what could and often is a really dark place. Um, and I think Christians are called to be that light. I think, you know, I think social media is one of those things you could go either way. You could choose to reject it, and I think that would be okay. Um, but I also think there are those of us who are called to to use it in some form or fashion and hopefully to be a part of the redemption of it, and I like that idea.
0: So what would it look like for social media um, to show love for and support for a community? Like how does how, – how is it, how do we use it in a redeemed way? Like functionally, what does that look like? Cause you've got casual users like me who watch mountain bike videos and keep in touch with my mom on Facebook. I don't have a big social media presence. Um, I, it's a very small window, but, but with someone and even myself, as I hear the way you, you talked about that, Justin, I'm compelled to think about that. Maybe there are people like me who are going, Hey, I, I might need to think about how I do this. So, if we redeem it, how does that, how can it serve community, church, the gospel, these cultural issues? How
2: does wisdom exercise its its way through social media? I think um, I can give you an example. Maybe, yeah, that'd like be great. How it would play out. My social media, I don't, um, like most of the content that I put out is kind of like what you were describing. It's like, uh, it's an article about like Ohio State football or whatever, a cooking thing, or something like that. Um, but I do speak into um, relevant topics uh, like COVID and politics and stuff like that. Um, and I try to do it in a way that is gentle but challenges people. So like I think uh, a good example of that is just there, there, there are Christians in our community that need to be more aware of certain things and so I have tried to gently put those, um, just create awareness around those topics in a, in a good way. Uh, and what I've found is that people have responded to that. Like people are like, oh, like, I might get a private message. That was a really cool video that you shared. I have a lot of things to think about. Like someone actually sent that to me within the last month. Um, so moments like that, it's like I am helping my brothers and sisters become more aware of things that maybe they just never had to think about because like, of the family they were born into or the economic system, whatever it may be. Um, and it, it helps people kind of take things more seriously that might be blind spots.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think that's good. I think, um, I think it is hard. Um it's, it's a hard job. I mean, it's hard to be kind of light and on Facebook and social media. And, um, so I run a business that is predominantly social media and it's a, a big part of what, you know, it's feeding my kids dinner at night. And so I have a pretty consistent love hate relationship with it, honestly. Um, <laughs> because, because, you know, I, the negative sides, the time consume the time consumption of it, you know, and also just the, I don't know. Um, it can just be heavy. Like you can, and, and I think that, um, the Travelers Rest Here business part that I'm running, you know, obviously it's not a political business, you know, and I'm working hard to promote the town and businesses in the town. And so in one sense, it's easy to just promote those good things. And what I found too with the promotion of the good things in TR is, like you said, it is a very quick positive response. I think people do respond well to um, things that are hopeful and encouraging. And I don't think it's like um, a lollipop you know, kind of encouraging, like I think it has substance, and I think that matters. I don't think it can just be like a, you know, a thumbs up and a smile, like pretending the world isn't what it is, but I think finding the things that are hopeful and pointing those out, Um, and then also not engaging in some of the, you know, it's a small town, and and, and whatever you're talking, whatever it is you're promoting, there can be people responding strongly in any direction, of course, but I think sometimes, I will choose as a business to not engage with certain topics um, and whether that's um, for safety of the brand or whether that's because it's just, I don't want to get engaged in that. Um, but I do think I've had the most positive responses from positive posts, from things that are uplifting and pointing out this good thing. And I think people really are encouraged to see something hopeful and um, that's not necessarily light, but is hopeful. I think it's been helpful.
0: So wh- um, if I can get you guys to kind of uh, we'll step out of talking about social media and and kind of think from a wisdom end Um, we've got an audience of people who are listening to us off the top of our heads what what are kind of some specific wisdom principles And, and and at some point you know we would love these to be grounded in God's word but but what are specific things that either you think about or come to your heart that your burden that people should think about as they approach social media and posting and uh, engaging in conversations and or debate or serious discussion on, on those platforms like what are, if we could just almost like popcorn popping just give as many little i would think about this i would think about this i would think about this wisdom would have you think this Let's see if we can kind of do that as a gift for the people listening. Like what are, what are things that come to your mind in that realm?
3: Peter said on Sunday, he he mentioned the meekness of wisdom. And that's that idea of strength under control or gentleness. It's not weakness, but it's meekness. It's gentleness. Um, And of course, Jesus just exemplified that. And and I, I, that's what I think of. I think of, uh, gentleness affecting even how we approach and and put things on social media what what does meekness or strength under control or gentleness uh how does that shape um that kind of thing i think that'd be a good thing to think about good
2: i think of um i don't remember what series it was uh we we went through a series recently at North Hills recently like last 10 years uh and and the the topic of truth and love kept coming up yep um so holding holding to truth but you're doing you're you're speaking truth in love to people uh, what does
1: that specifically look like in a comment because i think we've all seen the opposite right so what <laughs> does that look like in a comment of with someone that you disagree with what is speaking truth and love look like
2: i think um. oh man that's a good question uh, <laughs> <It's hard. laughs> it, you know it's fine I, like you have to be very very careful when it's written like when it's on a screen and it's words mm-hmm. and it, it's not actually coming out of your mouth uh, it's even you have to, have to watch out for it even more basically like you have to be extra careful to make sure that what you're writing is clearly coming out of love mm-hmm. um And by the way, I'm not saying this like I've got it. (laughs) Like I've got this down uh, because I clearly like this is something that takes intentionality like we talked about earlier. Um, But I think you can politely and lovingly disagree with someone and and not, you know, back down from like essential truth, um, but do it in a way that is calm and loving even if they're being very very obviously unloving right <laughs> so it's not like i mean don't use an exclamation point use a period and set. it's not something like that but you just have to have very very focused intentionality i don't know if that answered your
1: question but yeah i mean i, 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 I yeah. wasn't like i didn't have something in mind yeah. i don't know but yeah it is and i think i think sometimes too it involves some things that you don't do um kind of mm-hmm. we I think we talked about this at the beginning, but like on these comments and we're talking specifically about Facebook, um you don't attack the person you know i see I think we see a lot of that um and it's, I think sometimes unfortunately it's easier to say the things you shouldn't do than the things that you should do. It's harder to find that
3: yep. yeah to or to reference back to the david French paradigm that Peter showed, we can communicate that we really do believe all those bad things about you. we can do that in written form or or we can. Not, and communicate written that while I'm disagreeing with the position, it, I'm not attacking the person. And that can make a big difference. I think I, I've seen that. You know, all the all the bad that's on social media and all the ranting and raving and knee-jerk responses. I, I, I've seen some really great examples of um, recently of people Christians disagreeing with something somebody else posted or put on there, but doing it in such a way that affirms that person's relationship with the Lord and, and doesn't attack the person, but just really affirms, hey, I'm disagreeing on the application of this, but not attacking you as a person. And I have been pleased. And to, to hear the Christian love, even in the middle of disagreement.
0: Anything else? Um, I'll, I'll throw in a, in a couple here. They're actually based on yours that um, I think with, with some of this discussion about what we do online, it's interesting how, how much the scriptures talk about being timely with our words. And it's in both Testaments, Old Testament and New Testament. Um, a word, fit, Proverbs says, a word fitly spoken is like an apple of gold in a frame of silver, fitly, appropriate timing. Um, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, which isn't swearing. It, it's words that hurt or cause rot. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which builds up at the proper time. Mm-hmm. So if I was to say something about wisdom and social media and interacting on... Uh, particular issues or discussions it's just asking is this timely I don't have to say this I actually think it's very very rare that you have to say something on social media that's just an opinion (laughs) take it for what it's worth Mm -hmm. I think there are people who have great faith in calling and and recognize their power to be on social media I I I've had that discussion with one lady in our church totally believe her but but none of us have to if we do, there has to be, and this is kind of where I would connect it. I, I hope our interactions online are full of faith. Hmm. Like I'm not just doing this because it's there. No, I, I'm going to engage in a, in a difficult conversation with a sense of faith that I need to, that, I, that I'm called to. And if I don't, then if I really love this person, what I might need to do is just message them and say, Hey, I'd love to take you out to lunch. Mm-hmm. So you can see my face, hear mm-hmm. my voice, yeah. and we can dialogue. Because I actually have a concern, but that context isn't where I, I need to do it. So, uh, oh, sorry, Tyler. Uh, so my, my my input on on that would just be to highlight um, timing and faith, and then a, as a final wisdom source, if you read through Proverbs beginning to end, go through with a highlighter, highlight everything that it says about words. Mm and you will be stunned Mm -hmm. it's everywhere all over the place our words matter Mm
1: -hmm.
0: they are it it is the wildest thing our words are incarnational Jesus became the word we read the word and we have the power of words just like God had the power of words we get to speak into and Proverbs says life and death is in the power of the tongue Mm -hmm. You have the incarnational power to give life, and you have the death-reducing power to kill somebody with your tongue. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I would just ask us to consider what wisdom would say about our words, even in an online context. Um, just as a helpful uh, 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 guide Uh, this past week uh, Peter announced that a member of our church Steve Kaminsky he actually preached our first week of Serpents and Doves series Um, he put together a tips for serpent doves in a media age and that is available on our website is that accurate Justin?
2: Yes Um, right now it's on the home page of the website and also on the the sermon page for that sermon so if you go to sermons and media and then you just look at the the most recent sermon it'll be there uh, as well
0: Uh, and I I found it really helpful I I read through it Um, so hopefully that'll be another resource for you um, as we attempt to be serpents and doves both in politics and on social media Um, next week's sermon actually this coming Sunday's sermon we're going to deal with uh, heavenly wisdom and racial tension Um, Peter's going to be preaching this Sunday we want to answer any questions that you may have so this Sunday you'll have an opportunity to text in or email questions there'll be a slide up those of you who watch online same thing will happen uh, you could text those in or email justin um, at northhillschurch.com. Uh, we want to be able to engage uh, more on that issue next week, so keep following along with this podcast, and thank you for listening.